1: Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey
0: everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 90. Um, this is going to be a great one. You're going to, you're going to want to get a pencil and paper out. We're, we're, we're discussing, we're talking with Don showalter Walter today, the national director for the coach development at USA basketball. He's won who knows how many gold medals with uh, the U 16 U 17 teams. And, um, it's going to be a great one. So go over and check it out. I, I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed with the things that you're going to learn, um, over the next, you know, hour or so. Um, please go over. If you like these podcasts, please go over and like, and subscribe. Um, We, they, we really do appreciate that. And, you know, this is brought to you by TeachHoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Part of the reason I do these podcasts is to, um, to give a little bit back. I I want you guys to, to see what we do within our basketball community. Um, You know, that's what, that's why I started teach hoops. That's why I started doing these podcasts. You know, I, I wanted to give a little bit back um, it's a great place for a community. It's a great place to learn this game. It doesn't matter if you're a beginning coach. It doesn't matter if you're a coach that's been doing this for a really long time, like me. Um, there's a lot to be learned. So go over and check us out at www.teachhoops.com. And here's Don. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, today I am I. Am, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm so excited. We have Don Walter on. Um, it, it, Google it, is what I'm telling you. Don is a Hall of Fame coach, um, coach for, geez, my guess is over 40 years in Iowa. He's the director of um, coach development at USA Basketball. I have, I have followed Don from afar, so um, I figured I would reach out to try to get him on Coach Unplugged, and I got a response, a great response. So I'm so excited. Um, welcome, Don Showalter.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast, and uh, it's a great opportunity for uh, for me to to uh, be with you
0: and, and talk basketball, which I love to do. Oh, I love to do it too. So why don't you give us a little bit? You have you have a you have a great career for somebody that's coached someone, for someone that's coached thirty years in high school basketball. Why don't you go through your kind of your basketball journey for the listeners a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, right out of uh I went to uh Division Three uh college in Iowa, Warburg College. And uh you know, I think too many uh too many too many players uh nowadays think that they can't go division one or uh it's not worth you know, they don't wanna they wanna put in the time and effort. But I had a great experience in division three, loved every minute of it, played for a Hall of Fame coach at uh, at Warburg College. Uh, right after graduation, I took a head job at a, at a very, very small high school in Iowa. And uh, you know, at that time, uh, we always think we know everything coming out of college, and it's going to be things where you you take a job and you're going to turn turn that that job around immediately because you're you know you know everything. You just played college basketball, and uh, it's not quite as easy as as that. And I think my path. And I always I, my path started out being a Division One uh, head coach basketball, and I wanted right. to, that was a path I wanted to take. Um, but but the longer I was in high school, uh, I think my my goals changed a little bit. So, uh, you know, family was important to me. So um, as I the longer I was in high school, the, the really the more I really enjoyed it and. To tell you the truth, a lot of my buddies uh, went to went to college route, and uh, now they're selling insurance, which I right. which I did not want to. Do. Uh,
0: <laughs> I you know that, go, go going back to what you were saying. First of all, I played Division three. I think kids get too caught up in the numbers sometimes. Some of my best friend, some of my best friends are some of my college teammates and roommates, and um, and uh, and and the journey sounds so familiar in the sense that you know I that was my goal too, and I had some some opportunities but i think the game is pure it's at it, the high school level um it's kids growing up playing together as all the way through elementary middle school high school you know i tell i tell my boys all the time it's it's the only time in your life that you're going to be playing with your friends kids yep. in college other they're going to become your friends but you didn't grow up with them and it's a four-year stint these are guys you you know you you were in kindergarten with and you get to yep. play with. and that's what's yep. about, it's such a unique um, such a unique, journey. So you, yeah. you, you, you coached, I know you were in, you were in Iowa. Where were you at the end of, um, yeah, I coached actually 42 years of high school basketball. Okay. And,
1: uh, I was at four different schools. Uh, one, them was my alma mater for 28 years, which I thought would never, ever happen. I didn't have right. to go back to my alma mater to start, to uh, <laughs> but you know, things change and, uh, I had a great, really great career there it was, it was uh, we had a tremendous some tremendous teams, some state tournament teams and championships and all that and then I ended up at Iowa City High um, the last the last several years the last uh, four years of my coaching career and that was a really good great experience because it was a school it was fabulous uh, tradition of athletics, but their boys basketball program was not very good at all. And right. I think they wanted somebody with a little more gray hair to come in and kind of, yeah. kind of change that culture around. Right. A very diverse school. Um, so that was a great experience. I loved every minute of that. Uh, we really, uh, we, you know, four years we had to change the youth programs. We had to, you know, I I I tell that story all the time with my. Uh, when I'm on the circuit with USA basketball talking about youth programs is that if your youth programs aren't very good in your high school, you're not going to be very good at the high school level. So our youth programs, we changed that completely around and, and got things going there. And uh, it really helped our high school program out. So uh, that was after 42 years, I had done some work with USA basketball before that, but this job opened up then on a full-time basis. and I, It was just a really a good timing, uh, timing for me to, to step away from from high school after 42 years and and uh, take this position
0: I think I think a lot of people listening too it's like so th- I know the program I took over had had like five winning seasons in 30 years and the first thing we did was the youth program because that's your that's your foundation I I refer to it as like your minor leagues it's your triple a it's your you know um, and you got to put, and it's like, it's like starting a business. It's not going to, you're not going to be McDonald's overnight. You're going to, it's going to take time to develop the brand. It's going to take time for kids to play. Um, and I, you know, I worry, I worry a couple things that we're, we're in a society right now where we want things to happen fast and it's not going to necessarily always happen fast. Um, and I, and I'm not always sure that administrative that people are patient enough to, It, it takes time. It definitely takes time. Um, so tell us a little bit more about USA basketball cuz I think what you're doing with USA basketball is exactly what USA basketball needed. I'm I'm so excited for our for our country and what you're doing in the sense that I think it's um you know I think AAU and some of those things maybe got a little bit out of hand and I think USA basketball and youth division and all that stuff and the clinics you guys are running all over the country are exactly what our what our country needs. But if you could talk about that a little bit more, that'd be great. Yeah, well
1: three years ago, uh, actually longer than that, uh, USA basketball is, uh, kind of an umbrella over the NCAA, the NBA, the AAU, uh, uh, the National Junior College uh, High School Association. So, uh, not that we govern anything, but we're just kind of a, they're part of us. And so, uh, uh, probably 10 years ago um NCAA and, and the nba came up with the ihoops i don't know if you remember yeah, i do i do i do yeah that was a, kind of the initiative the first initiative to really start the process of uh youth basketball transition in, in the country well right. uh, there wasn't they put a lot of money into it, but there wasn't uh, really enough initiative behind it to to make much of a difference. Right. So after uh, five years, the uh, NCAA and the NBA came to the USA Basketball and said, take over youth basketball. Uh, we think that's the best thing for, for what's going on in the country. So uh, three, three years ago, three and a half years ago, uh, we started our youth youth division with usa basketball. uh previously everybody everybody knows about the national team division right with your know, <laughs> team. and,
0: and coach k know, I, what coach k has done yeah. and all that
1: stuff yes yeah and then i i coached i actually coached the u16 and u17 national team which is our younger team but that's i know that's i mean how I mean, I
0: mean, you you've gotten i mean what basketball has given you is unbelievable the number of times you've been gotten gold medals now it's U-16 yeah, but, and U-17, right? You've traveled all over the yeah, world probably. Yeah,
1: I've been very fortunate uh, to be able to coach those elite players before they get to the NBA. Now many of them are in the NBA and uh, number one draft picks so all that.
0: But right. That's
1: a completely different division than what we're in. So our youth division then, now Jay Demings is our director of our youth division, Has a great vision. And, uh, and so in that process, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in this is that, you know, we We're starting after about forty years of sometimes bad basketball you know we're right. not starting from, from a ground level you know like soccer comes in our country and they can start from really from ground zero right there isn't really wasn't soccer here before right uh, which a lot of our other sports so we we're starting forty years into it right and uh so so, so one of the main things is that we we now have a give Uh, Have a basketball uh, USA basketball license, which uh, coaches have to get if they're coaching in the live period. uh, Which is uh, live period means if college coaches can come to come to a tournament, come to a uh, and watch uh, players play, like in the Nike, Under Armour, Adidas circuit. Then those coaches that coach those teams have to have a USA basketball license. Previously, it used to be with NCAA. Uh, that was all turned over to us. So the license procedure has really been big for us. We have about thirty thousand, twenty-five 000 to thirty thousand coaches now that are licensed, uh, which which includes a background check, a safe sport thing. Uh, the background checks
0: updated every thirty days, uh, by the way. So that's really a big. thing. So I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, so I, I I that you can count me in that list because I'm coaching my yeah. son's AU team. So yep. it's great. It's a great program. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then part of that part of that initiative then was we we put on academies around the country where coaches can come uh, to a live academy and uh, a clinic we call it academies, but they're actually clinics where I bring in speakers, they speak at the clinics such as you know, Jay Wright comes in, you know, Papa Mitchell come in and speak, Brad Stevens, a lot of Division One coaches, we have high school coaches that speak at it, youth coaches. So we gear it toward uh, coaches that uh, need their license, that so will come and get their license. And so after that, the academy's over with then they can plug in and and and, uh, and get their background checked and receive a license. So that's been a really big initiative for us as well. We just had one in LA this past weekend. We have one in Boston, New York, coming up in May, and then throughout the fall. Uh, so those have been huge. We have regional camps going on. Uh, Around the country, that where we'll go in for a a weekend, and and part of it is uh, we also develop coaches how to coach young kids. You know, there's too many too many coaches that have played at maybe at a high level, or too many coaches who are dads really don't know how to coach an eight year old team or a nine year old team. So we give we go through the process of you know here's the best way to to develop organize that young youth team uh to get the skills and uh we want kids to stay in the game we want kids to love the game uh we want to give them a safe environment so uh that's been our uh, been our initiative with the youth level
0: so it it, and and it's i've taught for i'm a math teacher so i've taught for you know 30 plus years it's the same principle in the sense that you have to you know you have to teach them you got to teach them the basics before they can you know do the calculus right (laughs) And
1: And our curriculum, um, coaches that have our license can go online and look at our curriculum, and our curriculum-based is a progressive coaching uh, level. So, you know, we have four different levels. We have in our curriculum, we have the introductory level for very young players, the foundational level for uh, junior high-age type players. We have then the advanced, which is – more the high school player, and then the performance level, which is uh, the really you know, the good high school, maybe more elite team, and then the college level. So in our curriculum, coaches can go on and look at, all right, I'm coaching a seven-year-old team. Here's the introductory level. Here's the drills that should be done at that introductory level. Here's how we should coach the, those kids. So it's a progressive type of teaching as opposed to, you know, let's – Let's roll out the ball at eight-year-olds and start playing five on five, which right. they have no clue what's going on. In fact, we really discourage that level playing five on five a lot. We we like we love our three on three type of of things. So, so that's our curriculum and kind of in a nutshell. But that's been uh, really a popular thing for us. We have uh, coaches that are calling with a lot of questions about you know how do I. How do I, I develop the curriculum in my team and those kind of things? So you can go on, click on a, click on a drill, and we'll show it on the, uh, show it on the screen. And um, it, it's really a, a progressive type of thing where you start with the with the footwork and then you move up. And um, uh, that's been a that's been one of our signature things. I think is our is our curriculum uh, to go along
0: with that uh, license. Right. And I, and, and going back to what you're saying, I think the game is really to be taught three on three is perfect. Even, especially at the younger ages. Um, Absolutely. I just think that's the way the game should be taught at the younger ages. Um, Yeah. You know, even, uh, you know, we, right
1: now we have a a FIBA, which is the governing body, international governing body has a a three on three initiative. And so we actually have a national three on three tournament uh, for under 18s and open division, and and uh, we're looking that it's going to be a probably a, a Olympic sport uh, in in uh, Japan in 2020. If it's not a sport, it'll certainly be a, a demonstration demonstration sport. Uh, very it's a very fast paced game. We actually have tournaments around the country, three on three tournaments. Uh, and then they send the winners to Colorado Springs for the national tournament. But three on three is a tremendous way to teach the game. Uh, kids learn how to play out of three on three uh, as opposed to five on five, especially at the young age. We think that's really a.
0: Well, a, I think, I think the, the, what I do, I even do that in my tryouts some because the thing is you can't hide three on three, you know, you can hide a little bit five on five and not touch the ball and not have to defend and not have to do those things. And when you're playing three on three, you can't hide. (laughs) No, no yeah, Um, defensively or
1: offensively, it it teaches you how to play the game uh, much more effectively in a three on three type of situation than it does a five on five.
0: Right, I I think that's
1: again that's part of. You made a good point because that's part of a progressive teaching. Right. You you start with that three on three type of thing as far as movement cutting. And then you build up to your four on four, five on five type of things.
0: And and I think you're right. I mean, a a lot of coaches are you know their dads and they played, and you know yeah. they think about they think back to when they played. Well, the way you played, first of all, is probably changed. Second of all, you you know when you what you remember is when you were older, not when you were nine years old. And right, know, they're trying to put in. Three different offenses and do two. It's like they they gotta be able to dribble the ball, they gotta be able to pass the ball, you know, all those kind of things. Um before you get to the difficult stuff. And sometimes I think they jump the they jump the steps. Um and that's what I think it's great what you're doing, is like, you know, you're breaking it down. Here's the steps, here's the here's what you need to do at a younger age. Um, because that's how you're gonna become a better player. Um, all right, some questions. So If you could only do three things at practice, what would you, what would they be? If you could only coach three things at a, at a practice, what would they be? Yeah. I get that question asked a lot of times. First of
1: all, it'd be spend some time with footwork, uh, pivoting, just simple footwork drills, uh, uh, pivoting, you know, uh, you watch the really good players and they have great footwork, whether it's around the basket, whether it's out on the court, but they're, they're, footwork is, is uh, you know, you, uh, elite players like LeBron uh, LeBron James or Steph Curry have really, really good footwork. So we'd spend a lot of time in practice. We do spend a lot of time in practice, even with our U16 team, on uh, pivoting drills, dribble pivot, front pivots, reverse pivots, understanding, uh, you know, how to get out of traps with the pivots, those kind of things. So I think footwork uh, is, is huge. I worked Coach John Wood's camps for many, many years. And you know he was the epitome of footwork and balance. He always talked about balance and footwork, and and uh, so as a young player, especially seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds, I think that's really important in a practice. Right. Little uh, important as you get older too, but I think that's where you initiate that footwork type of uh, drills and and show them how that can be effective in their game. And then the second thing. Uh, we, we, I think you need to spend a lot of time on is, is passing and receiving. You know, the, the best teams are the best passing teams. They, they pass the ball well. Uh, they, You know, they can pass off the move. They can pass uh, – they can catch the ball off the move. Uh, and so young players need to spend – you need to spend a lot of time with the passing and receiving. And and not just, you know, not just two-handed chest passes. We're talking passing off the move. We're talking – Push passes, step out passes around defense. So teach them how to, to angles to pass, all those kind of things. I think is really important. Um, and then the third thing I think you teach obviously is shooting. I think our, our we have we realistically you look at all levels and, and um, we're we're looking at our U sixteen team coming up. And uh, right now, uh, you know, I kind of go on the circuits and look for players and. There are very few what I would call outstanding shooters. Uh, we have a lot of scores who can kind of get to the basket and have a good mid-range game, but just flat out shooting, you know, the first first team I had was Brad Beale. And Brad Beale could he was shooter. He could really stroke it. Right. But there those are there you just don't find those as much anymore.
0: And why do you uh, think that is? I have a theory on this. Why do you think that yeah, is? Yeah.
1: Well, That's 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 a great question because I had a chance to visit with Steph Curry a couple years ago during the national team um, workouts and you know I asked him that I said you know why why do you think there's just not more better shooters in the league and coming up and his answer was interesting he said he thinks kids just get bored shooting they're not putting enough time at it you know it's just kind of like well to shoot 10 shots, and I want to move on to something else. So sometimes I think they have to really kind of overcome the one ons just by themselves shooting the basketball to get better. And he didn't, he just didn't feel that, that young players or players spent enough time on it to they got bored with, with shooting, shooting the basketball more than they did. Uh, you know, they wanted to play games as opposed to just go out and, and shoot. So I thought that was an interesting answer yeah i think a lot of it too is uh at a young age you need to cheat they, they need to know the proper the proper form technique and then uh, they can develop on that, that i know i work. mean
0: I, there, there's a couple of things first of all i think probably kids at the younger ages are playing too many games and they're not working on their skills absolutely i, I mean if if i had that would be my thing but anyway i didn't let my son shoot he's a freshman now i didn't let him shoot a three-pointer until he was in seventh grade because no. he wasn't strong enough so i'm no. You know, I'm still going to have to tweak it some, but you know, and and part of shooting, I I tell I tell kids in our program, and when I go and talk, it's like shooting is like lifting weights. If you want to get strong, you have to lift weights. If you want to become a shooter, you have to shoot. Hey, everybody! I hope you're really enjoying this podcast. Um, please go over if you are subscribe and like. Take thirty seconds. I I am as guilty as anyone about not going and doing that, but it really helps us out. Um. If you're enjoying this podcast, please, you know, there's a couple ways, but we would love if you joined our, our, our basketball community at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I give a seven day free trial. I don't think you'll be disappointed with the things that you can learn. Um, if, if you're thinking of going another route and you want to just make a donation to the podcast, we would love that. You can do that over patreon.com slash coach unplugged. Um, you know, if you want to be a Patreon of the arts and, and give back, we would sure appreciate that. You know, this is this takes a lot of time on, on a lot of different from a lot of different people to make this happen. Um, so we we surely appreciate that. So let's get back to the interview with with Coach Walter. You want to become a shooter? You have to shoot. Yeah. And, and, then, and then everybody can become a shooter. You, you don't necessarily become a scorer, but everybody, if you put in the shot, if you put in the shots, it's a math teacher in me. If you put enough shots up, it's muscle memory. You'll be a shooter. You might not be able to score because you might not be able to dribble or attack or, right. or do those things. You'll be able to shoot the ball if you put enough shots in. Um, form, point. form just What form does is form allows you to take maybe less shots. If your form is horrible, like, I don't know, you can think of any guys, you're old enough. Jamal Wilkes had that weird form. for the Right. Last year, but he shot so many shots, he could still hit it. Um, right. It just, he probably had to shoot more than the average person. So it's the math teacher in me. Um, yeah. But it's like, you're right. I mean, I, I think there's two things. I think when we were kids, we went outside and played more. Yep. <laughs> um, and that's the way I relaxed. I went outside and I shot baskets when I was a kid. Yep. You know, that's how I relax. That's how I kind of. Um, but, and I think, I, I, and I love that you said passing. I think passing is a lost art. Um, yep, it is. The great players can pass the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have a knack for it. Um, yeah, you, you made a great point.
1: Steve, about kids playing too many games. Yeah, Uh, you know what what happens is, and and there's nothing wrong with playing some games. But when when you think you're going to get better by playing only playing games, I think you're really you're you're you you don't have the proper uh, attitude about far skill development. Right, and and, you know you talk about a, a shooter during a game. You know, may, may may take ten shots, right? Unless, unless you have the, you know, unless you're one of the guys who has the, the green light to shoot every time. But you know, if you take ten shots during a game. You're only taking, you know, fifty or sixty shots, in a week, and you're not going to get better. No. So you have to spend time outside of that game process on on your on your skill development. And and sometimes I think that's a kind of a little bit lost. I know there's a lot of guys that are skill development trainers or whatever. uh, And, you know, they, they have all these different drills, but flat out shooting the basketball is really important and getting up repetitions. There's really two parts to the shooting part. We, I call it, I call you, you you shoot from the waist up is all your form, form shoot, you know, your elbow in, you follow through, uh, you know, those kind of things. And then you're the, from the waist down is your footwork. That's how you learn how to score. Uh, so you have to spend time on your technique because that carries over to your game situation because in a game, you're not going to think about, let's say I got my elbow in and I'm following through and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's going to become, like you said, a muscle memory reflex. So you've done it enough that in a game situation, then you become, the only thing you're thinking about is making a shot. You're not thinking about your form. Right. I don't know. Shooting is, I mean, shooting is, is, is a complicated skill from the standpoint that there are a lot of moving parts
0: to it. It's like a golf and swing. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my golf swing needs a lot of work too. But. <laughs> you
0: know what? I, I always tell people, uh, um, I used to fish, I used to hunt, I used to golf, and then I became a basketball coach. So those three, those things, because yeah. <laughs> you can't do both. You <laughs> no, you cannot. There's you can't do both. Um, so, you know, and this goes back to all these kids. So, you know, I've, I've had my fair share of Division One players, NBA guys, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. The thing is, so this year in Wisconsin, we had 5,000 high school starting spots or seniors. 5,000 seniors, I think it was, I, I read. And we had 20 Division One scholarships. So all these kids going out in the April open window and the July open window, it's great. Don't get me wrong. My son does it but yep. scholarships it's it's like 0.00 some percent that are getting the scholarships uh <laughs> you know don't you, you got to work on your skill set if you want to play at any level um yeah. sometimes i think everyone's ch- chasing that pot of gold um at the end of the rainbow and it's like well don't don't first of all don't forget about the journey this is about playing with your friends and having fun and working yep. on your skills um i think sometimes it's au and the summer stuff and all this circuit is it gets overwhelming. I think it does yeah. for the kids. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think it gets overwhelming for the, for the parents as yes. well. You know, yes. uh, I think the parents are chasing a dream that maybe the kid doesn't have. Right. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> doesn't have. Uh, unfortunately we see that a lot with, uh, with a lot of our youth elite, uh, elite players with youth 16 is that, you know, the parents are chasing that dream and it may not be the dream that the player has. He's, he, most kids are playing. We find out. and We know this for a fact that kids play. The number one reason they play basketball is for fun. Right. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, it's not because they're trying to get a college scholarship, although no. that, might, that might be the end result of it. But they just, they're just they playing for fun. Basketball is a fun game to play. Right. And sometimes the, the adults, we take the coaches, whatever, take the fun out of it. Right. And, uh, I always tell our, our academy, somebody – somebody instilled the love of a game to, to, to us. Right. I look back at my career and, you know, my high school coach was, my, my dad was very, uh, he was very hands off, but he certainly allowed me to, to develop my love of the game. And then my, I had some great coaches. So I'm saying if a seven year old comes out and, you know, his, his coach yells at him for every mistake he makes and, and is, is a negative. He's he's gonna hate
0: basketball. Right. He's not gonna play it when he's ten. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's a great. It, it, it's a. It, there's. I, I I teach. I every day in my class, I talk about a life lesson, and the life lesson for basketball is it's not about it, the game's great. Don't get me wrong. I've right. coached. I coach volleyball. I've coached. I've called. Coach youth There's nothing like basketball. It's a fast moving. You know, coaches are involved every. You know, you don't have all this time between pitches like you do in baseball. It's just, it's a great sport, but what it teaches you about life and being a teammate and being part of something bigger than you and all the thing, all the life lessons that you yep. learn, you know, that's why I do it. It's, 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 it's those faces. It's the fun yeah. that you see every day. Um, so going back to some questions, if you could, if you go back to yourself as a younger coach, what would you, uh, what would you say to yourself? I
1: just uh, uh, again great question because I just had uh, um, another guy want me to write an article on what I would do as a younger coach. Well, I, I think first of all, you know, you, I look back on on uh, on that. I, I spent a lot of time going to clinics and really trying to improve my craft. Yeah, and I think coaches today just don't do that. You know, right. they, they you know and, and, and nothing. There's nothing wrong with going to the going to the YouTube and seeing drills, but you need that. You know, I, I got to where I was today because I went met people and uh, networked at uh, clinics and camps. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's been lost uh, with our young coaches. Today. I do, so, too.
0: And, and, and interrupt for a second, I think the thing about those clinics and um, – is it's it's great. It's all that stuff you learn, you know, I I go listen to you and I pick up a couple things that I'm gonna add to I'm not gonna pick up eighty things. I'm gonna pick up a couple things. It's interaction with the coaches that I'm sitting next to. It's interaction with my staff. It's all of that stuff where okay, we see stuff and then we come back and go, hey, we should think about this. And that's where, you know, you get the piece of paper out or the whiteboard and you start doing it or you're talking to another coach in the hotel and it's all that networking. It's all those interactions I think that make you Think about your craft
1: you know no question and I I really doubt whether I'd have been part of USA basketball had I not done those things as a young coach uh, because a lot of those people I met along the way were were people that you know went on to do, to do other things and then gave me an opportunity so you know I think as a young coach that would be my one of my recommendations although I think I probably did that as a young coach you know some of the things I think else that would enter into I think I would I would spend Probably, uh, as a high school coach, uh, I would spend more time on special situations, out of bounce plays, you know, last second shots as a young coach. I didn't probably do that enough. I think that's one of the things I would spend more time on. I would probably have, I'd also spend probably more time on, um, I think I did a good job of it, but not a great job as a young coach. I think I might did a much better job as I coaches is, is really develop, uh, a relationship a bonding with with your team players whether it be you know they they, they got to see the coach off the court mm-hmm. as somebody who is he's really we're different people when we go off the court we're, we're coaches on the court but when we go off the court we're probably different people and i think i think players need to see uh the coach in a, in a kind of different lights you know you go Go bowling with them. You take them to ball games. You take your do, do a lot of stuff with your teams. I think that really develops a tremendous bond, and then, and then they're much more coachable. They allow you to coach them uh, probably in a much better way. Right. Uh, I did some of that as a young coach. I didn't realize how important that was uh, until I got to be an old uh, coach that coached uh, quite a few years. So I think right. that's. And I one think
0: probably them. your USA basketball showed that, and and. In- there's a couple of things I do with my program. Part of the reason our, our winning percentage from, the from you know, January on is so good because um, we we always go on a trip. We always go somewhere. Like last year we went to Florida. We always go on a trip. And that's yep. kind of our retreat where they can kind of see me in a different light. But yep. the off-season part, it's crazy. Like I, I would say, and again, as an older coach, about seven years ago, I stopped coaching them in the summer. Yeah. Um, I let my assistants do it. I let everyone else do it because that's my, that's my time to build relationships with them. That's for for them to see me in a, like you said, in a totally different light. So that when we got to go to battle that they, you know, we're all in the same foxhole basically. Yeah. Um, I I like that. I mean, I think that's a great point. So uh, I would, I would probably also, you
1: know, later on in my career, I used to make home visits. I made home visits with our players uh, cause I wanted to see them and I want to see their parents in their home, That's right, uh, put them in their turf a little bit, uh, kind of so they could understand where I'm coming from. Uh, and so by doing that, we get a lot better buy-in from, uh, the parents, uh, they would kind of understand a little more what we were doing. Um, I wouldn't do it every year because we have, you know, the same kids I bought every other year. Right. Uh, so, you know, two, I think too many, Young coaches are fearful of talking to parents or <laughs> getting involved and and in some cases rightfully so, but, yeah. but I think token you know we, we can't as, as coaches we have to they're part of our program, we have to embrace the parents in a program, and they're not always going to agree with us, we're not always going to agree with them, but I think we have to make some initial steps to get them involved with what we're doing and buy into our program you know you you have a if you have a complete buy-in. Uh, which I think is getting harder and harder to do at the high school level. You have to have the buy-in from uh, the players, which sometimes is a little bit easier than than the parents. Uh, yeah. But if you have the buy-in from the parents and the players, you got a special team, and, and you can really do a lot of things.
0: You, you do, you do. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, we're all part of that that community. If, if everyone's on the same. I can go back to all the, my great teams. When, when everyone's on the same page, it's special. Yeah, special. it really is. Um, uh, so I think as a young coach, I would
1: have probably reached out a little more, you know, uh, to, the, to parents and, and not say that they're, you know, not include them as opposed to exclude them. I think that's really a, a valuable thing uh, as I learned, as I got, uh, as I went
0: on in my coaching career okay so if you could if you could describe your like coaching philosophy in a paragraph, how would you do that? Well, you're asking some tough questions
1: here Steve sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all right um uh, you know my, I think my coaching philosophy is built on relationships uh first um and then i I think it's it's built on uh uh teaching the game as opposed to so i think my one of my phrases is basketball's is over and under taught. And sometimes I
0: Ooh. say that again, I love that, say that again. Uh,
1: I love basketball that. is overcoached and undertaught it is so I think as coaches we try we think we're coaching a lot, but we're we 're not really teaching the game, you know we have all these sets that we 're going to run and all the <laughs> you know the fancy things that we try and do, but we 're really not teaching the game uh, well enough to to perform at a high level, so I think you know that that's uh, philosophy wise i 'm really and that's, I think that's one of the things I never really got into the college game is because once you get in the college game, you know, you have to recruit, you have to do everything else, but you don't really get to teach the game. And I, I love to be on the court
0: teaching right. the game. And I think Bobby um, Knight said that first. We're all teachers first. Yeah, um, right. You know, if, if you're a good coach, you're a teacher first.
1: Yeah. You have to teach and John Wood said that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So yeah. you have to. Um, yeah. So if you could – all right, next one. So if you could um, – if you could talk to one coach for one hour, living or dead, who would it be and why? Well, I'll,
1: I'll go back to to working John Wooden's Wooden. camps for over twenty years. Uh, you know, we had great conversations with with Coach Wooden. Um, uh, you know, and I don't. We we came to be really really good friends and real close friends uh, over those twenty year period. Um, but we, we you know we would talk about everything from uh, you know, how to run a practice to, uh, how to, you know, work with your best player, how to motivate, uh, players. So, you know, he really, he was, he was really my mentor as I got through the first 10 years of my coaching on to the end. He was probably really my mentor as far as, uh, the way I did things and the way I conduct, conducted myself uh, on and off the court. He had a huge influence uh, on me. Then I, you know, I think a lot of other people, or you know, and you raise a great question because I think young coaches, you, you better have a mentor. Yep. Uh, you better have a mentor, uh, even even older coaches. You know who is who is really your mentor that you can not necessarily pattern yourself off of, but that you can look to and and uh, you know ask questions and and you know without uh, you know they've been through it. And you've right. Never met your has been through the things before, so they're going to give you some good information. And I, I don't see that as much now, where coaches don't have as many. Doesn't seem like they have a, a mentor that they can really lean on for for things.
0: Right. It's your circle. It's your circle of trust. It's your guys yeah. that you can. Hey, come watch me practice, or just come watch my game and tell me what you yeah. see. You know. It's I, like- yeah, I've had great mentors. I mean, if you, it's, it, and it's the same in, in the classroom. If you, if you have someone, hey, yeah. I tried this today and it didn't work, it's the same principle. It's like I tried this offense and it obviously didn't work. Yeah. Um, it's the same. thing. You,
1: you, you made one really good uh, – the word trust when you said that, that really – to me that's the most important I call it standards. We have some standards that we we go by. We don't have rules. We have right. standards that we try to pull. And when you said the word trust, I think that you know you, you trust people to to help you out, and and you trust your teammates, and that trust factor goes a long way in in helping you become a better coach. And uh, you know, it's like anything else. Your, your players have to be coachable. The coach has to be coachable. You know, i right. to I'm going to open myself up a little bit to Another coach giving me some information, you know, I have to be coachable with it. It's not because we, you know, if we stop learning, then we're done. We're done.
0: uh, We're done. When I when I when I when I when I don't want to walk into that gym or I'm not as excited as I was when I was 25, I'm done. And when I don't want to learn, I'm done. You know, that's yeah. Um, so do you have any superstitions?
1: (sighs) Oh, I don't know if I'd call them superstitions, but but yes. (laughs) Okay. you know, we—I think as coaches, we all kind of have—you uh, know—the way we do things uh, is yep. kind of super. Um, yeah. I—I I, I kind of just refer to it as I don't—I don't—I I don't want to take chances, so I'm going to do it this way every time.
0: <laughs> and I tell—and I tell my boys—it's like I have tons of superstitions. I go, it's not about the superstition; it's about the routine. It's like your free throw routine—the superstition yeah. is about me you know me wearing my suit for the game or a tie for the it's it's that's just my routine it's a superstition yes we're not if i don't do it we're not gonna lose because of that but it's it's the mental superstition it's the routine that you're getting yourself into to prepare basically um i I
1: think part of that's i think part of that's under the term of culture right yeah sure you know here's how you do things uh you know, here's how you do things uh, in practice. Here's how you do things off the court. It's kind of part of your culture of your team.
0: Yep, and the yeah. culture of your program. I mean, that's, I think that's a huge part of it is, is that, that that culture that you build, you know, yep. from the youth level up. Um, yeah. Okay, if you could do one offense and one defense for a game, what would it be and why? Uh, are you talking high school level? or? Yeah, let's do high school level. High school, okay. middle school.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, the one thing I like about coaching uh, USA Basketball is you have, we do FIBA rules, which are 24-second yeah. shot clock. So uh, the timeouts are a little different because players can't call timeouts. You've got to call them from the bench and not a live ball timeout. So I always said those, those, those two rules made me a better coach. I'd have my team better prepared. Because you can't run the clock down to ten seconds and have your point guard call a timeout instead of a play. Right. So you had to be you had to be very, very conscious of 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 you know having your team prepared. So situations they're going to have to be able to be able to do it on the court themselves. And um, many times you'll hear me say in practice, sometimes you just have to figure it out. Players <laughs> just have to figure it out. You know? Right. Uh, that's part of the over, you know, over-coach and under-taught type of yep. thing. Where sometimes we try, and, we try and coach everything, and I still see that a lot in, in uh, a lot of coaches at the AU level, the travel team level, the high school level, where they try to coach every play. You can't coach every play. No. Let your players teach it and let your players play. play it's like a so, symphony.
0: What I tell people, coaching is like a symphony, and sometimes, you know yeah. you, need to, you know, change the first yeah. chair but you know it's a, it's it's you gotta it's a, there's a rhythm to it and if you don't let them when you don't lose and going back to one thing you said earlier about um uh, about uh, working on uh, situations and stuff again that's something I didn't do as a young coach for everyone that's listening and then about I don't know probably my fifth year I started I mean I don't know we probably lost a close game or something I, I have a stack of note cards about four inches long. And every time I was sitting somewhere, I would think of a situation. I put it in that pile. I still have it. I still have it somewhere. It's probably in my coaching bag. But And then we'd come to practice, and I'd tell my assistant, hey, go grab four note cards. I don't care what they are. And we'd go, All right, here's the situation. And it's just an easy way to kind of throw it in. The kids love it because it's kind of – Great like, way to do it. Yeah. Great way, um, way to do it, Yeah. Because you got to prepare yourself, too. It's more about me. Like, i got to be in that situation, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, I I, I laugh when I, I look, watch TV games and they show a coach a timeout. You know, he's drawing up a play and the announcer says, oh, this is a play. He's drawing up He's going on the court. They ran that play. Well, don't kid yourself. They run that play a hundred times in practice. It's not like you just, you know, it's not like they just threw right. just you- it up.
0: Coach Ryan was great at that. I watched so many Coach Ryan classes yeah. and his last 30 minutes were situational. It's like – and and what I took away is, like, I tell you, you know, we'd have a, something like a quick hit or a situation game uh, and something at the end of the game we'd call it, like, win or something like that. And I'd call it out. They would know exactly what to yeah. do. diagramming yeah. it is just yeah. reinforcing it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh,
1: you, you, you raised another good point. Is, uh young coaches, I think you asked what I would do do more of or change as a young coach. You know, terminology is, is huge. Yeah. And so you, you you talked about, all right, we're going to run a win. So now everybody knows what that is. Right. You know, and I don't think I did that very well as, as a young coach. I've done it much better uh, later on and even coaching the international game I had. But, you know, you have your terms, you know, the, the blast, the, the, you know, whatever it is. Right.
0: Yep. You know, you know, and I, and I, and, and I, and I love PGC. I think PGC runs great basketball camps and I think um, yep. there, there's, a, there's some great books out there, you know, the stuff players should, should know is a great one. Yeah. Um, anyway, I talk about breaking windows, you know, when you get troubled, you know, there's where are you going to pass the ball? I mean, it's just, it's what you're, you have to come up with your terminology and then transfer it to the, to the, to the student athlete um, if you want them to learn it. You know, my guys yeah. will know what I say when I say break a window. They know, yeah, right, I got, a, I got a fake above the ear and then I'm going off the hip or I'm going off the – faking off the hip and going off the other ear. They know what I mean yeah. because we've already taught that. So I think that's – Yeah. Yeah, that's a great – that's a great thing for all the coaches that are listening. You know, come up with that – those – and it's not like 80 terms. It's 15, no. you know. <laughs>
1: right, yeah.
0: That everyone yeah, – right you know, it's really
1: it's really important and i think and that makes your that makes your kid and that's part of teaching the game you know uh, i think as you as you develop those terms uh, that the kids know cuz a lot of kids don't know what, you know terminology or right. you, know, you have to make it make them uh understand what your terminology is
0: you know? yeah so what do you think's been the biggest change in basketball in the last 15 20 years
1: well obviously the three point line has been a huge you know some of the rule changes have been huge for basketball, the three point line has been big. Uh, you know, I think that's changed the game tremendously. And by the way, uh, you're, you're, you're from Wisconsin. You'd appreciate this, but your neighboring state of Iowa, uh, was the first high school, uh, the first state, uh, in the country to put in a three point line. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been, you know, those, those real changes, you know, I wish we'd go, uh I wish high school had the shot clock. I think it's. Uh, it's common. I think. I think it's I, common. I do too. I think it's. It's uh, really you know when I go watch games without a shot clock, it's, yeah, it, the the flow isn't quite there. It, the,
0: it, I think the money. I think there's several issues, but I think money is definitely an issue. And I think getting someone yeah. to run it, it it's not yeah. a yeah. thing to run.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't have a you know you can't have a seventh grader try to run a shot clock during
0: and the thing is you can't put the shot clock in the corner on the floor where grandma's going to stand in front of it either it's got to be mounted, right. yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, so I think there's a lot of issues with that, but uh, hopefully, I think that's one of the things that at least at the high school level
1: I't I'm not, am I'm not saying it needs to be at right you know, your youth level, but at least the high school level uh, so that I think those those rules have obviously been a game changer i I think uh, you know I think also what's affected the game a lot is is the social media that kids are on, Yeah, uh, you know, we're not going to get away from it. Uh, they're no, nope. you know, and that's going to be part of it. So I think again, coaches have to kind of embrace that aspect. I think it. that's a
0: great point. And I've talked to a lot of coaches and no one's, this is again, one of my secret sauces is my brother told me this. He says, cause he has older kids that are older than me. He says, you can fight it or you can learn it and, and understand yeah. it. And yep. you know, I, I The last time I called one of my players to tell them something, you know, <laughs> kind of, I, 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 I text them, I remind them, I tweet them, yeah. I do something to get their attention, because that's where they are. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we can see face when we when we need to talk face to face, obviously in school or practice we can, but yeah. we have to we have to be. You know, people used to go to school in horse and buggies. Things change, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yep. so we, can, we can fight it or we can join it kind of thing. Exactly. And um, it, it's it's going to be here regardless. So we yes. better join it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I was it, an interesting side nothing to do with basketball, but my son's uh, my son's 15 and he's starting to do his driver's ed. And I and I turned to him as I'm driving him yesterday. I said, Drew, you might be the last generation to go get their driver's license you know, as a rite of passage. And he goes, what do you mean, dad? I go, well, with all the driverless cars and stuff, you guys might be the last generation that this is a big deal. You know, in 20 years, people might not be driving cars. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little fast, but eventually that's going to happen where the rite of passage of getting a driver's license is not going to be there. It was an interesting conversation, but anyway, (laughs) side note. Um, So rapid fire, let's do some rapid fire questions. Um, what's What's your favorite basketball? Favorite basketball team? Favorite basketball, like basketball, physical basketball that you put in a hoop. I'm sorry,
1: you cut out a little bit there. So. Yeah,
0: what's your favorite basketball? Like Spalding, Wilson, blah, blah blah. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I would say I would say Spalding. Okay. Um, I like the. You know, why I like the. You know, I like the international ball? It's because it's got that line on it. And you can tell if the rotation's right. right. You know, we you know,
1: and and Molten makes those. What I mean, what is you know, Molten doesn't make any basketballs other than international. I think They're right, volleyballs, but uh but those those give a, a very good feel, a shooter's feel. I think our kids, you get used to it a little bit, and they like the international basketball because of this, the small panels that are weaved into it. Yeah, right,
0: and and it's and, and it's that and it's that that line too is so helpful. But yeah, I, yep. they make good volleyballs too. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a volleyball coach. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Uh, passion. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, heart, passion. I love that. Um, yeah. If you could go to one sporting event in the world, if I could buy you a ticket to one sporting event in the world, what would it be? Game seven of an NBA final. Ooh. I, no one has said that. And you know what? No one has said the Masters either. I thought somebody would have said the Masters, but that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Um,
1: probably my favorite pregame meal would be uh, – I love steak. Okay. So a good steak. Meal good steak, yeah. I to- tell steak. Yep. and post game too
0: yeah <laughs> what I tell people is that uh my f- my favorite pregame meal is sitting down with my yeah having a steak and sitting with my staff and just talking yeah nothing yep. better, nothing better yep. just talking basketball. well, it's one thing you do to relax uh you know I, I i
1: do like to i mean i obviously watch sporting events uh just kind of come home chill out, watch the sporting event whether it be uh, golf I like to watch golf uh, I don't play that much but college football I love college football oh yeah uh, you know I've so not... I, th- I think that's that's probably I do to chill out uh I try and I try and read uh, a good book uh so I'm always into a book whether I it might right. take me a month to finish it but right. I'm always trying to get into, into a decent book so
0: hey what I have found too and this is not a plug for audible but what I have found is two things as I get older I fall asleep more when I'm reading yeah and 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 i i'm so busy that when i'm traveling that's when i can do my you know i do the audible book so at least i can listen to it um yeah you know you don't necessarily have to sit down and find that time to read it you know maybe i'm out for a walk or i'm running or i'm traveling i can do that um this is going to be a really hard one the next one the best player you have seen in person best player i've seen in person
1: uh well, I mean, I go back to Larry Bird. Uh, I would say he's probably the best player I've seen in person. You know, I didn't I've never worked with him, but I saw him in person. Play several games and you know, one of the one you know, you always have bucket lists. So one right. of my one of my bucket lists was to see the old Boston Celtics the Boston Celtics play in the old garden, uh, when it was like, you know,
0: versus the game. Lakers. Yeah. But
1: yeah. Well, it's a yeah. hundred degrees outside and uh, uh, so I, I'd say Larry Bird is probably w- one of my favorites that I've seen play.
0: Okay, and then who? And then who? Sometimes. Who do you think the best player of all time is? Say that again. Say who do you think the best player of all time is? Not necessarily who you've oh, seen.
1: Yeah, boy. I mean, you know, you got to go to Jordan. Uh, yeah. To start with, he just he could do so many things so well. Um, you know, and I think as he you know, as he aged, he got better. You know, he was not a great player. in, in he, in high school, he was a good, very good player and probably more toward the elite end. but he was not, he made himself a great player as his career went on. Right. Uh, he, you know, he never, he never rested his laurels. He, he was, uh, one of those guys who, and, I, and I've had the opportunity to, you know, work, uh, to work with him some. And,
0: um, you know with the exception of LeBron with the exception of LeBron you look at even Steph Curry you look at Westbrook you look at these guys they were not you know the number one ranked kid when they were no. going out and they worked <laughs> it's a prime yeah. example for people listening. yeah
1: you know, St- Steph Curry wasn't even hardly recruited right you know, Bob, Bob McKelvin Davis and gave him a scholarship and you know that was that's a great story you know, another, another really good story, we had LeBron out here at our festival. We used to have a run of festivals right. before we started national teams, North, South, East, West festivals. And uh, after LeBron's sophomore year, he was really under the radar. He wasn't, he wasn't very much a, a name at that time. And one of the coaches that coached in Ohio said, you know what, we got a kid out here that's pretty darn good as a sophomore. We, he, we think we should invite him out to our festival as a junior and, uh, it was LeBron James. James. Yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty
0: good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's pretty good. Uh, what's one thing that helped you become a better coach? We kind of talked about this with the clinics, didn't we? We did talk. Yeah. All right. What's the, what's the best game you have seen in person?
1: Best game I've seen in person. Yes. Probably Villanova's win at the final four.
0: Oh, Uh, really? In 80? What would that have been? Eighty.
1: no, that had been this past, in 2000, oh, just two years okay. ago. Okay. Oh, really? That was a tremendous game. Uh, yeah, I, I, that that's one I kind of keep going back to. I think that's probably better than some of the – I mean, I've seen a lot of really good games, but that might be the, the best. Um, what's
0: one book you'd recommend someone read?
1: Uh, J.A. Billis's Toughness. Yeah, I love uh, that book. I love that book. Yeah, and, and – uh you know, he just he he tells he's got great examples. In fact, we had our team read that book. I got that book for our team a couple of years ago. On our team, we we read the book and then we we did some team stuff from that book as well. So it was a good, really good learning experience.
0: Well, thank you for being on in this early morning with me, Coach. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome. I I, lo- I love talking
1: basketball, and uh, you know. We we're kind of all you know us basketball junkies. <laughs> uh, we could talk we could talk it forever. Uh, I love talking the game and and just getting other other viewpoints. And I think you you had some great points about uh, you know improving the games and uh, I think we we throw ideas out at each other. I think that's what that's what basketball is about as well.
0: It is. Well, thank you for, thank you for being on. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for, for what you're doing for our country and for youth basketball, you know, um, yeah, we appreciate it. And I think it's uh it's going to help not only the kids in in basketball, but in life. So we really appreciate that. Thank you, coach. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, You know, I invite you. I'm going to invite you to go back over and and, and re-listen to this. This was a really good one. Um, you know, this this podcast was brought to you by the people over at teachloops.com for coaches who want to get better. Whether you're starting out, you're a successful coach, or you're one that is 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 coaching your kids' team or you're you know you're just looking for direction. You know, our on-demand videos, our monthly office hours, which you live if you listen to last week, you could hear about our our exclusive community, our one-on-one teaching. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, you know, as a valued listener, and I don't do this, I don't do this often. Um, you know, if you want to give it a look, it's a seven day free trial. Um, if you use coupon code, save 10, it'll save 10% on the lifetime of your membership. Um, again, we don't do that often. We just raise, we just raised prices because I, I had to start hiring people to kind of help me out. And, and it's, be, it's becoming a little overwhelming, which is good because I, I, I love that everyone's involved. But um, go check us out over at www.teachhoops.com. Have a great day